Good morning, Reading Family Church. Are you well? As I open my Bible, oh, look what I found, a Together Weekend flyer. Oh, that's really interesting. There's all sorts of information on there. Only 53 of us are going, which 153 of us, that is quite different, isn't it? I would agree with that. So far, there's no problems for the showers that we're booking in, but we want many more to come. Please do now. We're two months out. It's going to take a little while to get your heads together. Now would be a good time to book in. Uh, if we've not met before, my name is Sean. I'm one of the elders here at the church. And this morning, we're going to be reading from the Bible. And I've entitled this morning, What Should the Farmer Do? What Should the Farmer Do? Now, is the one farmer in the church, one person I know who is a farmer in our church, is he in the room? I can say what I like. Unless he's online, I'm so sorry. We do have a farmer in the church. E-I-E-I-O. Okay, work with me. Work with me. I heard a podcast recently, and they made this statement that caught my imagination. It said, uh, we live in an age where there's an abundance of knowledge unprecedented, that COVID word, unprecedented access to knowledge through the phones in our pockets. I sometimes feel like I know as much as God now. I can quickly find out in no time. To, we live in a day and an age where we have an amazing access to information and knowledge as never before, probably in, in the history of the world. And yet on this podcast, they said there is a famine of wisdom. What do we do with all this knowledge, with all this information, and how do we apply it today? Because judging by the decisions that other people make, obviously not me, judging by the decisions that other people make, we're struggling what to do with this. We're all trying to figure out how does life work? And if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, our question is slightly nuanced because we're trying to figure out how does life work in a broken world? In a world that's fallen, in a world that somehow has been corrupted and damaged, how does life work? And how do I take all this information and apply it? And so this morning, we're going to look at just one verse in the Bible, and it offers us just, albeit, yes, a small nugget of wisdom, but this will help us, this will become another data point for us of uh, how we take this information and apply it, the wisdom we need to make life work in a broken world. And just to say what I'm going to read this morning, it was set in what the, the scholars call an agrarian culture, which just means it's a society, it's a time when people farmed fields and it was really important. Because from your harvest, if you got a good harvest, that meant that your family had food security. It meant that you could not only eat today, but probably over the coming weeks and months. And your family was broad. It was extended. So for your household, your family, probably your village and tribe, if you had a good harvest, there was a sense of your, your household, your tribe, your village. There would be a sense of well-being amongst you. There would be a sense of celebration and joy. And so a harvest was important to them. A large harvest was outstanding. You needed those amongst you to have a large harvest. And the larger the harvest, 
the larger the joy for your household, for your village, for your tribe. That's how it worked. So we're going to jump in this morning into Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. Just one short verse this morning. Without oxen, a stable stays clean. But you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Holy Spirit, oh, we thank you for helping us sing songs of truth. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, that as I try to explain this verse, would you come and help everyone online and everyone in the room now that this truth, you would illuminate it to us, this wisdom. Come, Holy Spirit, that we may be those who are a blessing to all those around us, for we are wise. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. So remember that when this was first written, those first hearers of this, uh, they were cultivating fields largely by hand. And you can imagine that must have been back-breaking work. I mean, it, it was hot, it was dusty, it was dry, the ground would have been baked hard. So if you had an oxen, if you had this large, strong animal, that was a game-changer for you. Well, without a doubt, that would have been seen as a blessing, because that would allow you to cultivate more land. And if you could cultivate more land, that would increase your chance of a large harvest. But the problem was, by having an ox, it also created mess. Your, your stable would no longer stay clean. This was a drawn, painted sketch. I'm not quite sure what the right language is for artists uh, by Hannah Riches in the church. But you can see that, and suddenly, and if you remember also in that day and age, that because livestock was so precious, They'd often live within the same dwelling as you, albeit subdivided up. So now you've got this large, messy animal in your, let's say, home, your dwelling for security and safety, and that created more mess at home. And you were caught between the two, because what you're trying to figure out is you want a large harvest, but you don't want any more mess. What you want somehow is a large harvest and no mess. But if you have or want or desire a large harvest, you're going to need one of these. And if you have one of these, it's going to get messy. Your life is not going to be clean. There's going to be more work in the home. And so there's this tension is set up. And you're trying to look for a life hack. You're trying to look for a shortcut somehow that you can have this desired outcome of a large harvest in a way that makes your home life, let's say, clean, without messy, not smelly. And somehow everyone's trying to figure it out. And basically it's saying, you can't do that. You can't have one without the other. Wisdom comes in focusing on the right thing. You've got to focus on the outcome you want. I want a large harvest. And I'm going to learn to live with the frustrations 
of the process of getting a large harvest in my life. I'm going to learn to live with that. Yeah, 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 we want a large harvest. I want a clean stable, but you can't get that. That's not how life works. You can't have one without the other, not in their culture. They, they knew that. You, you can't have a large harvest without an oxen. So the farmer, he's got to embrace the mess in his home, the mess in his stable, and the more work that means for him and his family because he's got an ox. And that ox is going to increase his chance of a large harvest. So the farmer's got to focus on the right thing. Now, so for most of us, we get the concept, but we need a little bit more help. So if there's this truth that we've got to focus on the outcome and just learn to live with the frustrations of the process, that if you, wanna, if you want this, you're also going to get that because the very thing that's going to give you this is also going to deliver that. If you've got to figure that out as a life principle, how, what does that mean for us? I mean, we're 3,000 years ago, this was most likely written. We're 2,000 miles away from when it was written. Are there any modern alternatives just to help us ground this truth, this wisdom in our life, that we focus on the outcome and live with the frustrations of the process. Now, I'm guessing one or two people in this room have picked this up in the news. Did you know, it turns out, that without Gary Lineker, we get way less controversy. But apparently, we need Gary Lineker to have match of the day. <laughs> what we really want is, we want match of the day without controversy. But we can't get that. I mean, honestly, some of you have been locked away in a room for the last week. <laughs> this massive storm that's been going on. Okay, well, I can see you're still wrestling with how this wisdom works. Okay, listen. What I can t- how about this one then? So these are all work in process. Without WhatsApp, we'd all have less pings. But you need WhatsApp to do anything. It's true, isn't it? What we want to be, able to, to be able to do anything without any pings, without any reminders, without any interruptions, that's what we really we want to have both, but you can't. Am I, am I drawing you in? Am I starting to warm you up now? I'm trying to, what we're trying to do is machinate, we're trying to chew over this truth. Okay, we're honing in now. We're going to, we're going to go again, okay? Without children, <laughs> our house remains tidy. Hooray! Liz and I are now empty nesters. We go out and the house remains in the same condition all day to when I come home. The Cadbury's twirl in the fridge remains in the fridge until I get home. Without children, a house remains tidy, but you need children to be a parent. Some people want to be a parent and they're frustrated by the mess that children bring. They want to be a parent without any of the noise, the fuss and the mess of family life. And they've lost sight of the main thing. You have the privilege of being a parent. When you're a parent, the days are long, aren't they? But the years are short. We were with our three kids yesterday, 
and Liz had to leave them in Birmingham. Gosh, how did that happen? In the moment, it's agony and painful. Seems to be unending. Will they never go to sleep? Speaking to Dan and Sarah Rogers this week in Bodrum, you know, their kids are up, up, up. They're exhausted. And very for too long, the kids will be gone. Should we keep going? We're, we're, this is going to get, you know where this is going, don't you? The jolliness is gone. The crunchiness is coming. Here we go. Without church, your free time remains free. Oh, that's appealing. But you need church to discipline you. To, sorry, discipline, disciple you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, disciple you. Make sure that is out there. That was definitely a typo. Did say disciple. Disciples are made... They're not born. Discipleship happens in proximity, not virtually. There's a limited amount of discipleship, unfortunately, we can do with people online. It's done in proximity, when you can smell each other, for good or bad. There is no substitute for physically being with fellow believers. Midweek, at weekends, camping in the new forest. There's no substitute for that. But you are going to lose your free time, your time. You've got to yield that. And that's why we've got to focus on the outcome and just live with the frustrations of the process, if indeed that's what they truly are. We're going to keep going. You start for this. I haven't lost you there. We're nearly there. Without giving... You know, oh no, sorry, without suffering, without suffering, your life remains comfortable. But you need suffering to be like Christ. It's not normal, sorry, it's not normal to prefer suffering, it's normal to prefer comfort. But just as our teacher suffered, we sung about that today, didn't we? Just as our teacher suffered, so will his students. That's us. And to suffer is not a sign of his displeasure. To suffer is to be like him. Focus on the outcome, not the frustrations of the process. Without giving, your money remains yours. That in a ter- does sound attractive, doesn't it? Without giving, your money remains yours, but you need to give to develop faith. You need to give to create lack in your life so that by your faith is grown as God meets your lack. Giving money away is not easy, but it can be helpful in building your faith. Money can be used as a tool to build faith or as an idol to trust in. Giving keeps our faith growing. Now this last one, I'm still chewing on it and it's not right yet, so this is going to be clumsy. 
and I'm still chewing on it. This is a work in process. These modern parables. Without forgiving, the offense remains ever present. But you need to forgive if you want to be forgiven. It's not that an offense or an injustice should be hidden, but forgiveness is emptied of its destructive power within us. We have been forgiven much, and we can forgive much. But without forgiving, the, pre- the offense, the injustice remains ever present before us, and its power is not empty. I'm still chewing on that. There's something in there where I've got to live with the frustration, but actually the outcome is I want to be forgiven. And Jesus gave me no room. To be forgiven, I've got to forgive. And forgiving, somehow unforgiving people sometimes is much easier because you're not entering into the mess of forgiveness, which is excruciatingly painful. But we have been forgiven much. And so we've got this parable that we're chewing over, a nugget of wisdom, and... What should the farmer do to see a large harvest? Because by definition of this parable, it seems to say the farmer needs to embrace the mess of an ox so he gets a large harvest. But actually, there's still risk. A harvest is not guaranteed. So you can embrace the mess, the additional work of an ox, but there's no guarantee. There's just additional work in the home. The rains may fail. Locusts may swarm, bandits may still, and all that hard work, all that mess, all that noise, it's nothing apparently. And given a large harvest creates a sense of well-being, security, joy and gladness for your household and for your community, is there a sure way of achieving this? Well, the good news is yes. Let's be yoked to Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, let's stay with this analogy, this metaphor of being an oak and being an ox and being yoked. Jesus said to them, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. Now Jesus spoke this to men and women. I mean, they were desperately trying to find God. They were desperately trying to be good. And they were finding that task impossible. And they were being driven to despair. They were being driven to weariness. And they just couldn't do it. And the religious leaders of their day, their religious teachers, All they could really do was to hand out more rules 
and more regulations and realizing, well, this hasn't quite worked. Maybe what it means for us today is we need to adjust it. And there's another rule and another regulation. And they could offer little or no help for them to do the right thing. And Jesus said to these tired, exhausted people who are trying to take on the teachings of the Pharisees. The Pharisees, what they used to say is you need to take on the yoke of obedience to God's law. That's what they would teach. They would, in the synagogues, they would say to them, you need to take on this yoke of obedience to the kingdom of God. You need to take on the yoke of submission to God. And this yoke was the increasing numbers of rules and regulations that they were to put on themselves and by being obedient to God's law that somehow they'd have right standing with God and find peace in their souls. And in those days, ox yokes were made of wood. And great care was taken by a carpenter to ensure those yokes fitted well. No farmer wanted the yoke to choke the ox. And so a skilled carpenter would come, look at the ox, build a yoke, and use his carpentry skills to make sure it fitted perfectly for that ox. So that farmer had the best chance of success for his household, for his village. Some scholars even think that Jesus, a carpenter, was referring to his own reputation as a yoke fitter when he used that. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. What I do know is Jesus was saying this, his yoke fits well. His yoke fits well. And he's saying this, the life I will give you will deliver a harvest of well-being and security and joy and gladness and will not choke you or slow you down. It is bespoke. It is made to measure for you. You see, without Jesus, you can work for a large harvest, but you need Jesus to find true rest. I want to say that again. Without Jesus, you can work for a large harvest, but you need Jesus to find true rest. Sisters, brothers, we've got to be really clear. What is the outcome we're really looking for? The large harvest we're really looking for is to find rest in Jesus, to take his yoke upon us to learn to live with the frustrations of the process, the mess and the noise, not just of parenting, but of church life and life in a broken world, that we focus on the outcome that we're looking for and learn to find grace for the frustrations of the process. But more than that, there may be one or two people here this morning You've never taken the yoke of Jesus upon yourself. You've never put your trust in him. You've never said that he is to be your Lord and your saviour. And the best wisdom you can exercise this morning is to put your trust in him. 
to take his yoke upon you, to find rest for your soul and to trust him for a harvest in your soul in this age and in the age to come. So I'm going to land this morning. I'm just going to pray for us. But before I do, is there, is there anyone here this morning Do you want to respond to Jesus Christ? And so if you could just wave at me if there's anyone. I just want to make sure I talk to you before you go off to get your photograph if you're a woman or have a coffee. I just don't want you to leave this room and you've not had a chance to yoke yourself to Jesus and talk that through. Is there anyone? I'm not going to dwell on this point before I pray for all of us generally. Is there anyone here this morning? No one is waving at me. Is there anyone you want to yoke yourself to Jesus? I'm looking as carefully as I'm just surprised, that's all. Is there anyone? Is there anyone before I pray for all of us? There's no one here, okay? I feel sad about that. Maybe you're online. I just feel there's someone you need to yoke yourself to Jesus for the first time. Just surprised you're not here. Let me pray for us now. Proverbs 14.4 says this. Without oxen, a stable stays clean. But you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Lord Jesus, I'm jealous that every household represented here every woman every man every uncle every aunt every single person every divorcee every married person every widower we i'm I'm jealous that everyone here would have a large harvest in their soul that they would know rest in their soul i pray for grace upon us to focus on the outcome we're looking for Give us the grace to, for the outcome we're looking for and to learn to live with by faith the frustrations of the process. I pray that, oh God, for grace upon us now to live with the frustration without losing sight of the outcome we want. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, come upon us all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.